my best friends. I'm Tabby. And I'm Caitlin. And today we will be discussing Haunting Adeline by H.G. Carlton. It is the first of the cat and mouse duet. Um, so yes. <laughs> it is. A it's a lot. <laughs> before it is a lot. Um, a couple disclaimers, which you know, not to like beat a dead horse or anything, but in case you haven't heard our other disclaimers, this book is intense. Um, it has a lot of potentially triggering topics and um, like kinks involved. Um, so definitely like before listening to this episode or reading the book, like check those out. Um, and yeah, like the reason we chose this book for this for spooky season is because it is, it's scary. It's spooky. <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of the disclaimer that we'll have here at the top of the episode. And we um, do just like to remind people that we they are practicing you know the suspension of disbelief here so anything that we talk about today like we do not agree with it but for reading purposes we will be discussing it definitely like yeah i do not condone this behavior in real life um but yeah i did enjoy the book (laughs) it's kind of like reading like um a a fantasy novel it's like that's not that's not real that's not something that exists in the real world but i enjoy this book for the purposes of entertainment um so yeah i mean now that we've kind of gotten that out of the way (laughs) i will read the back of the book so it starts off and it says the manipulator which we'll talk about kind of the significance of that so the manipulator I can manipulate the emotions of anyone who lets me. I will make you hurt, make you cry, make you laugh and sigh. But my words don't affect him, especially not when I plead for him to leave. He's always there, watching and waiting, and I can never look away, not when I want him to come closer. And the shadow. I didn't mean to fall in love, but now that I have, I can't stay away. I'm mesmerized by her smile, by her eyes, and the way she moves, the way she undresses. I'll keep watching and waiting until I can make her mine. And once she is, I'll never let her go. Not even when she begs me to. Um, so See, I think that's <laughs> very interesting the way she worded the back of the book, because like that is almost the opposite of how I feel in the actual book itself. Like, I don't really picture Adeline to be like this master manipulator. Like she yeah. just acts like this scared little girl. Exactly. And, whereas like with Zayn mm-hmm. in the back of the book there, like, he almost sounds like apologetic and he certainly is not. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's funny because like um, at one point in the book, Daya even like mentioned, she's like, basically like, what's your like nickname or like, who are you? And she's like, I'm the manipulator because she writes novels. And mm-hmm. so they're like, you can manipulate people's emotions. Well, like, yes. In the sense of like when you're writing a book, but in real life, she is n- the opposite of manipulative, like in her social mm-hmm. in- interactions. She so. is until she isn't, though, is the thing. Cause like she like Adeline like prides herself on being like this introverted, like socially inept, like creep, basically. <laughs> but then there's multiple times throughout the book where she's like, Yep, yeah, but I can just put on this mask and it's totally fine. And I actually have never been socially awkward in my life that's like where does that come from she can kind of like act in certain situations so yeah maybe there's some truth to it 
Um, but we always like to start with overall ratings for the book. Yeah. Um, so I gave this book an 8.95 out of 10. Um, I really did enjoy it. It's a very well-written book. H.D. Carlton writes nothing but bangers, but she does touch on very heavy subjects in like every single one of her novels. Um, and that's why like I just in good conscience could not give it more than a 9 out of 10 because... I, I mean, I did struggle through some of it because it is a lot to like kind of take in, but I thought it was very well done. I agree. I like this book a lot, but there's just so much of it that it's like, it's just hard for me to read. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it's kind of like a, a good horror movie. Like a lot of that's hard to consume as well. And so, yeah, like I, I would rate this an 8.5 out of 10. Um, I definitely think that it has like good reread, uh, like reread. Yeah, we've both read this twice now. <laughs> yes. And I think that I, like on the second read through, I definitely picked up on some more things about like the nuances of their characters a little bit more. There are just some things that are just not for me about this book. And that's okay. I really do feel like though, if you have a personality kind of like Adeline did in the book, you probably got a lot more out of this than we did because we don't get off on being scared. That <laughs> is very true. Like um, I, I have fun, like in a haunted house, like, you know, I'm like, wow, this is fun. Um, but I'm not like, wow, I could go take a stranger home and <laughs> like that'd be really cool yeah. um uh, so yeah i'm sure yeah sure. somebody who is into that like probably enjoyed this maybe a little bit more than we did yeah definitely um so we'll kind of start just by like talking about the characters how we felt about them kind of what purpose did they serve in the book even so starting with our main heroine adeline she wilden Adeline she wilden and like she is she fully understands what she's doing the whole time throughout the book um sometimes she's like really pissed at herself for it but she is like she's into it she likes having the stalker she likes having his attention on her she knows what she's doing she knows what she's doing she provokes him and then whenever it comes time for her quote-unquote punishment she does she gets a little freaked out and she's like oh shit oh fuck i i messed up i regret she's it like, i actually don't want this and i'm calling the police he's like no you yeah didn't. <laughs> he's like well that's too damn bad because like you had your opportunity um but yeah like she knows exactly what she's doing but then whenever things escalate she she's hesitant which you know no judgment i'm not Fair. that's she a complete stranger <laughs> she definitely deserves the right to be scared but like girl you should have thought of that when you were responding to your stalker's text messages um, yeah it's like maybe if you just packed up and like moved out of the house and like tried to like flee the state like it probably would have been different but it's yeah. like you were like no i'm gonna stay and i'm gonna respond to these texts and i'm gonna like yeah. flip them off through the window like yeah, yeah even absolutely. though he's girl. like if you do that, I will come in there and I'll tie you up and I'll like, you know, punish you. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, no, you won't. And he's bitch. like, okay, well, um, I will though. Yeah, she's kind of got a case of dumb bitchitis, unfortunately. Yes. <laughs> like the whole is. thing with Arch. She's like, oh he's not going to cut his hands off. She's like, bet I'll show you. He's like, come on along, Arch. Like, come back to my haunted mansion. You're not going to get your hands chopped off. And a- 
a glass box for my knowing that he's watching yeah and then she even like (laughs) after they fool around in there she's even like scared to be in the room after that because she's like okay i saw him moving out there so like okay he is actually watching so maybe we should like go to my bedroom but she doesn't get the chance (laughs) no but she even at one point was like what if he's serious like i'll feel kind of bad (laughs) <laughs> she's like, not bad enough to not do it, though. <laughs> yeah, she's like, it's fine. Yeah, Adeline. she is. She's a little bit dumb, but like, not really. Like, just she doesn't have a whole lot of like self-preservation. In you know, what's like funny, though, is like out of all of the characters in this book, I think Adeline's like my least favorite. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, yeah, I agree. And this is like the namesake book, but it's like she make some terrible choices and she's funny like I do love her inner monologue and I can relate to a lot of it and I think it was great um but like just in terms of like her character it's always like those women that people like obsess over and it's like why yeah because she I mean I think the thing is she's definitely got like some sort of striking beauty about her Mm -hmm. because like people notice her but I think that it's interesting that she's kind of a weirdo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, she really is a fucking weirdo. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, but she's hot, though. And they're just like... Like, you know it. she's a freak. And it's like, yeah, for sure she is. <laughs> yeah, she definitely is. I don't dislike no, her. No, not at all. She just has some things that rub me the wrong way. I'm like, why did you do that? And she will even, like, in her inner monologue, like you're talking about, she'll do something stupid, and she's immediately like, why did I do that? Like, why do I hate myself? Why did God like, I get it this way? Like, yeah, she knows that she fucked up, and she still does it. I just, I love her freaking, like, her her, her mom's relationship is awful. And then, like, Zayd also kind of, like, makes fun of her about her relationship with her father. He's like, you got like daddy issues. It's like, yeah, she might actually. I don't know. Yeah, she's like, like that's probably why she's very open to your advances. (laughs) Yeah, she's um, she's complex. She would benefit from some self reflection, perhaps some therapy, some therapy. (laughs) But hey, there, there's nothing wrong with her specifically. There, yeah. So, (laughs) um. Move on to Zayd because he's worse. Like he's a freak. <laughs> there are parts oh, of him on. that I'm like, like okay. In the moment, I'm like, oh, that was kind of hot. But like, no. Like in real life, no. After like, I've done some self reflection, yeah. <laughs> he's definitely like terrifying. An anti-hero. Like he's a he's a vigilante, a hundred percent. Yeah, he's fucking like Batman. And he's Batman. Worse moral values. Yeah, I suppose so. Because he actually, like, tortures and kills people. And likes it. And likes it, but not the sound of it. No, he doesn't get off. Yeah, he doesn't get off on killing people. But he does, I think, likes, like, the power aspect of it. Yeah, he likes that. And he likes punishing them for, like, the the bad things that they Mm -hmm. did. Um, which do you think he has like a God complex? <laughs> oh, he does. Because even when he's like with Adeline, he's like, yeah, I'm a like, fucking I am God. God. <laughs> um, like, okay. he's like, it's, I can't disagree with him 
that the people that he's killing are horrible people. They do probably deserve to not be here. They do, but then, like, you know, does that give him the right to torture and murder them? (laughs) But the thing is, here's where I can, like, kind of get behind it. Because it's, like, it's already been shown that these people are in higher-up positions where they're the ones who should be making decisions about people like that and where they go afterwards. But if they're Mm -hmm. the ones who are committing these crimes, who's holding them in check? Nobody. And so it's like, yeah, like I, that's like what it's going to come down to is somebody else taking care of it. That's true. Cause he targets like very high profile pedophiles and sex traffickers, um, like senators and celebrities, like people in, in high positions. The fucking president. Yeah. So (laughs) I get yeah, it. like, they're not going to jail. I get where he's coming from. But, like, could I personally look past that if this were, like, a real-life situation and, like, date him? I don't know. I don't know if I could. No, and I think it's because, like, especially with, like, the stalking aspect, like, he fully understands what he's doing is wrong. He's like, I just don't care. And, like, he even says... Like, I know how fucked up that is to take something without consent. I know that's what I'm fighting against every single day. She hasn't given it to me yet, but she will. I know my mouse better than she knows herself. And so, like, he knows, like, this is borderline crossing over into territory that he's actively, like, fighting against every day. Yeah. But it's still just like, eh, what are you going to do about it? Yeah. And then even later on, whenever, like, Adeline starts to, like, accept him more, He's like, he's telling her, I've never pretended to be a good person, but what I did do is create my own fucking morals to live by. I will keep killing every deranged individual who resides on this goddamn planet if it means children don't have to die and you don't have to live in danger. Um, But I mean, I would argue that he's deranged. But again, I do. I understand the difference, I suppose. And he also says, if my redemption resides somewhere within you, then I will spend the rest of my life searching for it inside of you. I will fill every inch of you, Adeline, and in time, my redemption will become your salvation. So again, like I mean, that he, he do be down bad. <laughs> yeah, he he is like, I will worship the ground you fucking walk on, but you don't have a say in the matter. Like, I will not be leaving your side. <laughs> God, it's just like, it is a lot. <laughs> yeah. Like, I love, like, in books, like, obviously, like, not even, like, the controlling aspect of it, but, like, the more dominant side, Mm -hmm. like, I totally get behind that. But it's, like, when, like, the devious consent aspect comes into it yeah, is where I have a really hard time, like, kind of finding the boundary because it's, like, yes, being told what to do, awesome. They don't want it, you're doing it, I don't know. Yeah. No, I think that's, like, the line that this – book is crossing for sure um and with Addie's like like we have access to her thoughts and she is very much like I don't like that I feel this way I do not want to be like intimate with him but like her body is reacting in a certain way that like in the moment it makes her like want to do it after it's been like pried from her um which is not like that's not her consenting like that's her body it's almost like reacting. a coping mechanism for her body yeah and, like her brain hasn't quite caught up to it and it's like I feel like that happens a lot in like trauma victims too it's like yeah. your body's gonna cope different than your brain does exactly because he's like seeing that he's like oh 
she wants me. me she wants this but no that's not what she said <laughs> that's that's how you're interpreting the situation but that's not what she said in fact she said the opposite she told you to get off of her she told you to stop like all of these things so it's like it's hard for me to like to empathize with him too much well and I put this down to um in the things we didn't like, but I guess we can go ahead and talk about it here, too. Um, he even says, like, I wouldn't have pursued her if she didn't want it. She wouldn't have texted back if she weren't interested. And it's like, my guy, that is how rapists, like, justify their actions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. They're like, well, obviously you wanted it because of all of these things that you did that I interpreted no, it's the like if I you have to. to justify your actions, it probably wasn't supposed to happen. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Like if there's if there's this much confusion and and like topic of discussion around whether or not it was consensual, then it, it probably, probably wasn't was not consensual. Um yeah. Yeah, 100%. So that part makes it hard to like accept him as a character. But then he, like, turns around and, like, has this very soft side and, like, you see yes. kind of, like, the the wounded animal side of him. It's, like, especially when he, like, comes in that one night and it's, like, it, obviously he's very off and he admits, you know, like, they lost, like, a little girl that night and that he's taking it personally and that, like, basically it makes him feel worthless. And so it's, like, there is, like, a humanity inside of him, but mm -hmm. it's just, like, does that you know, counteract all the bad things that you do still. Right. It's very much like you have to kind of, I don't know, you have to, again, suspend your disbelief because it's like in real life, if I knew this man, like I would not want him in my life. I would not no. want to be around him. But like- It's very toxic. Of the story, <laughs> like I get the the things that are like playing to our emotions. I get the reasons we're supposed to be like, oh, I can understand- what he's thinking like I can empathize with him as a character so it's like again you just have to consider this as not being real life and like how you it's yourself like, would react when he's not being like a creepy stalker either it's like he has a fantastic inner monologue and like seems like a very normal person and like it's very fun to like read like his point of view in the story it's just like when he kind of like steps into because like his whole thing was that like he wanted her to see the dark and ugly so that she could love like all parts of him. And it's like, I feel like that maybe wasn't the way to go about it. Like, I, I guess I understand <laughs> what he's doing, yeah. but like, yeah, it seems like, a bit well, extreme. I don't want to lie to you about who I am. And she's like, okay, but like you could have. And but I like, if you had, it would have been all right. <laughs> <laughs> you probably could have like held off with this information. Because, like, she's a freak, too. And I feel like if he would have just busted that out in the bedroom, she'd have been like, fuck yeah. But, yeah. like, no. <laughs> he made it yeah. his whole personality. I think if, yeah, if they had dated for a few months and she was, like, fully into him and he broke the news to her that he's, like, a vigilante, she'd probably have been like, okay. Like, it's really hot, babe. Yeah, Amazing. she'd be like, bet. And, yeah. like, we wouldn't have to deal with the stalking shit. <laughs> I don't know. Flawed characters. They're both exceptionally flawed characters. Yeah, which honestly, maybe that means that they're made for each other. <laughs> maybe. You guys go off in your own little fucked up world. Like, good yeah. for you. 
Uh, and then I, I did also see you mentioned here, like the fact that he like straight up tries to just adopt a little girl at the end and like, Addie, you're a mom now. <laughs> he's like, I'm not going to like, you know, make that decision for us, but also I'm making that decision for us. And he's like, he's surprised, shouty, you're a mom. Yeah. And she's like, oh, like, okay. <laughs> There's some really good supporting characters in the book too, that I freaking love. Fucking so, Jay. <laughs> oh, Jay. Um, our king, like, okay, so Jay and Ruby are characters that are really important for, like, Z's operations. Um, so Jay is, like, he's Penelope from Criminal Minds. Like, he's hacking shit. He knows all the 411. He knows Like Penelope, he is a punk rock princess. 100%. With his, yeah, painted nails and black leathers. They have the exact same fashion sense. Amazing. Yeah. And then um, Ruby is, I think hers is the funniest character out of all of them because yeah. she basically used to babysit Zayd. Like, it was one of his <laughs> mom's best friends. And he was like, hey, listen, we're doing some illegal shit. Like, do you want in? And she's like, yeah, I've got nothing better to do. She's like, absolutely, I do. Yeah, so she, her role is, like, whenever they bust an operation and they, like, you know, get the girls to freedom. Like, she is the motherly figure that is there to help make them feel comfortable um, as they're getting them to safety. She's um, a little old lady. <laughs> she's she's just a sweetheart. And it's just so funny because at one point, Zaid was like, I do not want a drop of blood to get on these little girls. And one of them accidentally steps in a puddle of blood. And she's like, oh, sweetheart, watch your step. <laughs> like... <laughs> Uh, you're not supposed to do that and she's like i'm dying later (laughs) (laughs) she's like please you're gonna get me in trouble (laughs) with my boss sweet sweet child (laughs) best friend daya is a true homie a true homie who also works for zayd yes but doesn't know him personally till really the end of the book yeah she kind of suspected though because she's really smart she kind of like, honestly, Adeline did not figure out a single thing this entire book. Daya did all of it for her. Yeah, <laughs> she was like, like, I took the liberty of sending this stuff off for you. You're welcome. Adeline is not the brains of the operation, but uh, that's okay. That's why they work as a team. You know, they're besties she, for a reason. She's a supporting character in her own main character novel. Yes. Yeah, a little bit sometimes. <laughs> Daya is so non-judgmental too, which cracks me up because... Addie is, like, explaining to her, like, yeah, like, some things happened, like, the stalker broke in and, like, ate me out, and at first I didn't like it, but then by the end of it, I was, like, really into it, and Daya's like, okay. Okay, okay, okay. (laughs) She's like, okay, well, I just need to, like, make sure that, like, you're safe because you will not leave this fucking house for some reason, even though this man breaks in on the reg. And she's like, I just need to know that, like, this is where you want to be in life. (laughs) And she's like, yeah. And Daya's like, okay, perfect. Um, Just call me if anything changes. So awesome. Like, offer still stands, like, at any given time. Yeah, like, <laughs> like you can call me. You can call me at 3 a.m. and change your mind. That's cool. I'm there. And that, yeah. I expect you to. <laughs> A real MVP. A real MVP. Yeah. Um, Freaking Gigi. I've got a lot to say about Gigi. Yeah. So Gigi is um, Adeline's great-grandmother um who was murdered mysteriously in the house that she is living parsons manor by what we assumed at one point in time was her stalker but we find out later it was not so Gigi sucks yeah 
Like, she is quite literally the worst character in this whole book. She is making herself out to be a victim, (laughs) when in fact, she is the root cause of any and all problems in her life. So, you know, Stalker comes along. She's like, yeah, I'm into this for sure. Start seeing her Stalker. And she's like, my husband's getting suspicious. Like, I don't even know why. Like, that's crazy. But anyway, I'm going to go sleep my stalker, start sleeping <laughs> with her stalker. And she's like, yeah, my husband is like treating me poorly. Yeah. Like he is upset. I, I have no idea why. And it's starting to affect our marriage. Crazy. And it's like, yeah, that's fucking crazy. GG. Um, and she's like, for some reason, he's like coping with alcohol and gambling. Yeah. Like, that's a horrible like she's like, how could he like that's so immoral and wrong. Yeah, it's like, how dare you not provide for this family that I care so deeply about? Yeah. (laughs) And then it's like, he starts, like, losing it because, you know, she's lying to his face and he feels like he is going absolutely crazy because he obviously knows something is wrong. And she's, like, gaslighting him, essentially. And she's like, John, how could you even think that? I love you. And so, loses all their money, can't pay the mortgage. And she's like, how dare you? ruin this family yeah she's like i gave you everything i gave you everything and this is how you repay me and then like unbeknownst to her the fucking man that she's been seeing well she has an idea that like his job is dangerous but Mm -hmm. she doesn't know the extent of it because like he can't tell her shit like that but unbeknownst to her her lover saves their ass financially and gets her husband a job, like, in the, the fucking mafia that he was a part of. Because he's like, I can't let you become homeless. Um, So he starts working. Then how, like, what house am I going to go visit Gigi at? Yeah, he's like, God, if she becomes homeless, like, then. Tom Bansom. Like, she won't be as hot anymore if she doesn't have, like, a house to sleep in and shit. Like, she can't come live with me. Yeah, so she is like weird like our money problems kind of randomly went away so that's great but then she's like for some reason though like john's still mad at me and now his best friend frank is mad because john like accused her of cheating in front of frank and so she's like well and he acted very strangely towards it (laughs) (laughs) she's like frank what's got you what's got your panties in a bunch that i'm cheating on your best friend and um yeah, it turns out there's she more to his deserved motives. everything that happened to her. <laughs> yeah, she is an asshole. And it's so funny because, like, I kind of, like, got the idea um, from, like, from how Adeline and her mom speak about, like, the issues in their family. Like, she, Adeline's mom is like, well your great grandmother was an idiot. She went and got herself was an killed. absolute hoe. Yeah. And Adeline's like, whoa, what? Cause like, these are things that she just didn't know. Mm-hmm. And so Adeline's like, what, what do you mean? Like, there's no way because my, my Nana, um, her, you know, Gigi's daughter, she's like, she loved her so much. She cared about her so much. Like, there's no way she could have been a bad person or a bad mom. And then she, like, reads these diary entries and she's like, oh, shit. Like, Yeah, no, she kind of was also a bad person. Because <laughs> yeah, it's like, she... I do think Nana, like, probably loved her. Mm-hmm. But also, like, I'm sure she felt, like, some immense relief when she died. <laughs> oh, I'm sure because, like, 
things just kept escalating. And at one point in the diary entry, she was like, being abused. <laughs> she, yeah. And she was begging her mom to like make up with her dad because she, you know, she's 15 years old. And all she knows is like, here's why dad's upset and dad's taking it out on me. So she's like begging her mom to like fix their marriage. Of course, Gigi doesn't want to fix she's their like, marriage. How could, you ask, how could you be so selfish? <laughs> yeah. She's like, don't like you that. care about mommy's happiness? It's fun. And so then, yeah, I'm sure that like heavily affected like Nana's relationship with Addie's mom. Oh, like, yeah. She maybe probably wasn't the best mom because she also did not have a good idea of what being a good mom was. Right. And then, of course, Adeline's mom is like that not the best to mom. Adeline. <laughs> <laughs> um, generational trauma is real. To give a little bit of credit to Adeline's mom, um, who's named Serena, by the way, and we can Which we literally, literally didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, we could, we were like, I think it's Caroline. <laughs> nope, it's not. It's don't always be Caroline to me. Um, yeah, so Caroline, Serena, whatever you want to call her, she of course comes across as a judgmental bitch because she acts that way. But like deep down, she's really like. She's afraid for Adeline. She doesn't want her in that house that's like that she sees as a place of like misery and certainly like, haunted. Yeah, it definitely is literally and figuratively <laughs> haunted. So, yeah, she definitely was scared for Addie. And so that's kind of why she was reacting that way. <laughs> I do like that she ended up helping her though. I was like, wow, mm-hmm. shady bitch. Like, I love you. She's just like, did you send this to me? And she's like, you have your secrets and I have mine, Addie. And like hangs up the phone. Like, see yeah. you at Thanksgiving, girl. <laughs> I know. They're like, their dynamic. It, it, needs, <laughs> it needs worked on, but it's low-key wholesome. <laughs> yeah, like she's still going to help her because that's her daughter. Like she's not going to not help her. I yeah. really do think she has her best interests at heart. I do also think she's an extremely selfish mother. Right. She just doesn't know how to like channel any of her like emotions properly she's not communicating (laughs) yeah she's not she's not a maternal person and then Um, sybil bro oh my god she scared me out of literally anybody else in this book she probably scared me the most (laughs) yeah she's terrifying she's way scarier than zade um she might not be as physically powerful so i guess she's got nothing to lose (laughs) but even zade was a little scared of her um (laughs) yeah she's like up here like stabbing a grown-ass man like just until he's like a bloody pulp and he's like holy shit yeah he's like (laughs) well jesus christ um yeah so sybil hg carlton has as a book called satan's affair that's kind of like it takes place before all of this happens it's like a novella yeah i think it might be a novella um but it's about sybil and like you know her journey and she also appears more in the second book of the Cat and Mouse duet. So mm, we'll definitely. Which I have not read yet. So yeah, we'll talk more about her. Um, but yeah, she's scary as fuck. Love her though. Love you, girl. Sibby. I love that. She's just like, I'll fucking take the fall. I don't give a shit. No, 100%. She's, she's like, like yeah. my henchman will save me. It's like, bitch. My henchman <laughs> will crazy. prison. But to be continued, there's more <laughs> on Sybil in the future so excited to read about her crazy crazy queen we already kind of talked about everything that goes on in uh Gigi in Gigi's diary so I won't 
you know, I won't like read the the entries, but I kind of was keeping notes to, you know, construct a narrative here. But basically the diary entries, they take place over the course of like two years um, from like 1944 to 1946. And it just kind of explains like her relationship, um, how it came to be with Ronaldo, and then like how it slowly deteriorated her marriage. Um, and then eventually like led to like a strange relationship with, uh, Frank who we hate, we hate Frank. Um, who plot (laughs) twist is the murderer. Yeah. He fucking killed her because he's a jealous prick. He's like, if you are going to cheat on your husband, it needs to be with me. He's like, I didn't even want you to marry your husband, but that's my best friend, so I'll let it slide. But I'll be damned if you cheat on both of us with a stalker. Yeah, he's like, I'll be fucking damned. Um, So, yeah, his selfish ass murders her, like, blames it on John because he's like, yeah, John just snapped. Like, he knew that she was cheating on him. And, of course, he's like the fucking uh, police. Like, is he the chief of police? Yeah, he's like, we're just going to brush this. Is he the sheriff? He's he's definitely involved in the police department. I don't remember his exact role, but he's like, yeah, like, I I will murder this woman and then bring (laughs) on my best friend and it'll all be good. And that's Um, how that'll go. But yeah, the diary entries (laughs) just filled me with rage. (laughs) Yeah. And like, they were definitely used like as a parallel between like. At first, what was happening between Gigi and Ronaldo and Addie and Zayd, mm-hmm. and then, like, took a complete turn because he was like, I'm going to kill you. And she was like, uh, Gigi's stalker did. He's like, are you so certain? Like, Yeah, because she's like, well, clearly, like, who else would have the motive to do it? She's like, it couldn't have been John because he loved her too much. And it's like, well, <laughs> he didn't. Because if you were reading the same diary entries I was reading, he also- certainly did not. <laughs> That's also just, like, not, like, it's not like you can say, oh, it couldn't have been the spouse because they loved him too much because, like, that's usually who did it. So, like, I don't know why she was so... Like, 70% of the time. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, as we already mentioned, Adeline's a little bit dumb and kind of slow to connect (laughs) the dots. so dumb. She did not figure literally any of this out. (laughs) Yeah, she had Daya and her mom and, um, I guess, Mark a little bit, like, helping her. Because, like, whenever he explained, yeah, like, I'm Frank's son and all this shit. She's like, like, this is connected somehow. (laughs) Yeah, she's like, I just know it. (laughs) My God, (laughs) she's so stupid. Um, (laughs) Love her. So we'll talk about some of the things that we liked, as always, in the books. The spice. It was some top tier spice. If you're looking past the creep factor, some of it was not good spice, but some of it was specifically like we'll talk the house of mirrors which was kind of like the first time that adeline like truly accepted that she was in fact like into what zade was offering and it was a fully consensual like moment together yes um so that was very nice. <laughs> Love that for her that she mm-hmm. was able to make a choice in that moment. I feel like if she had said no, it probably would have still happened. But yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> um, that's our that's our issue with our boy's aid. But that was fully <laughs> consensual. Um, I also am a big fan. Okay, so just in general, like a big fan of like the primal play type kinks, um, mm-hmm. which primal play 
um, for everyone who doesn't know, is basically like whenever you like kind of get in touch with like not even like the animalistic side, but just like the more like fucking like hunter prey type moment yeah. um, and so like e- either like then like running through the forest or like him chasing like her through the house like I do enjoy like that aspect of the spice yeah definitely he like well because this is one of my favorite scenes but also one of my least favorite scenes is the first time that he like is in her house and like tells her to like come find him and they do like a whole thing he's like go hide if I if I find you then you have to accept I get to your fuck you. <laughs> yeah. And so she's like, okay, like he'll never find me. She's hiding. Of course he finds her. Um, she's she slamming every door in the house. <laughs> yes. She's like, I'm so quiet right now. I'm so stealthy. And literally she's like an elephant in a china shop. Then she runs again. Of course, when he catches her, that's when the fucking shit takes off that I'm not about. That's the gun scene oh the gun scene the gun scene nearly turned me off the book the first time like I almost was like I don't think I can continue on but I did and I'm glad I did but like that was a lot Mm -hmm. and we'll talk about that more when we get to things we disliked some more things that we did like as far as the spicy scenes you know are concerned um the knife play is a little more like acceptable to me um not like acceptable that's not the right word like a little more um i think that's a little safer a little more controlled of a of a if we're gonna choose like a violent kink like i prefer it be a knife than a gun exactly it's it's more preferred for me um and then another one that i was like oh yeah this is just 10 out of 10 is the time that he breaks in while she's sleeping and ties her up while she's still asleep um see I'm not into that but yeah I was like 10 out of 10 but I can totally understand how that's a also a no because she was telling him to stop the entire time um, so <laughs> she's I did like, not love I that really don't want to be tied up and he's like that is really too bad <laughs> yeah and of course we've already talked about how we don't like that in general so that affects it um um I'm actually going to skip through to one of these because I'm really excited to talk about it. So I love the allusions to the Jeffrey Epstein case throughout Mm -hmm. this entire book. So obviously we have like the society that like steals children and like sells them to absolutely sadistic fucked up individuals to do with them as they please. And that is essentially what was happening with like Jeffrey Epstein and like, this island that he had. So, like, they were trafficking girls. He had somebody who was, like, the main point of contact for, like, getting them, like, recruited and getting them to this island, which I kind of think is maybe what Mark's wife was doing. I can't be sure because, like, he – the only thing that, like, kind of led me to believe that was whenever he saw, like, um, Sybil sitting on the bench, like, he made a comment to his wife about – something but we're not sure what it was Mm. and she went off and then the other four guys like got captured or whatever and killed but like we didn't really hear from mark's wife again and that could be totally wrong but like i don't know if he was kind of using her as like that type of person to like make them feel like comfortable and like kind of corral them into getting kidnapped but that's what was happening with jeffrey epstein's case and 
Um, some of the things that were mentioned in this book directly reflect some of the things that happened in his case. So one of the characters' names was Tim Banks. And a big thing that was talked about during the Epstein case was that Tom Hanks was one of the people on the ledger that would go to Epstein's island. Mm -hmm. And so I obviously think she did that on purpose. And then with the child sacrifice, it was revealed that um, a lot of the people who went to um, Epstein's island were also participating in child sacrifice and were like, you know, drinking the blood of children and like murdering them, doing whatever they wanted to with them, which is super fucked up. Um, and specifically like the Clintons and like Ellen DeGeneres were like top of the list for those. And then the last one was on page 591. They talked about like this abstract painting of a girl like crying blood in interview that Ellen was doing while she was like on leave from her show while everything was being investigated. Um, she had this painting in her home that was like an abstract painting of a child being like dismembered on a table. And that reminded me of that in the book. And so I really do feel like she took a lot of aspects from this case. And so creepy. Was kind of trying to bring to light, you know, that this shit like happens in real life. Yeah. And that's what's like so freaking disturbing about this book. And that's what makes it like, that's the part of us that I think um, does empathize with Zaid and, and the work that he's doing. It's like, yes, he is torturing and murdering people. But these people are doing unspeakable things right. to harm they do deserve children it. <laughs> and women. So it's like that's the part of us that empathizes with vigilante justice. Um, and, and that makes sense that that's something that is normal for people to um, empathize with. For sure. Um, but yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned like kind of how you think Mark's wife is tied into things and stuff too. And like, of course, I've read the second book. So sure. like, I know, I know more than you do at this point. But like, I'm excited to talk more about like, the developments of the second book and how that also relates to kind of things in the real world, like the Epstein case and that mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. Another thing just about this book that I I really enjoy in a book is like the haunted mansion like mm-hmm. ghost vibes. I just I freaking love like supernatural like spooky things. And of course that makes this book even more perfect for Halloween because it takes like that supernatural horror and then layers it with like real life horror. And so that's what makes this book so freaking terrifying and I love it. I also love a book that does not have like a straightforward plot. Mm -hmm. So like I love it when you start off a book thinking it's going to go one way and then you get to the end of it and you're like, how the fuck did we get here? Yeah. Um, Because like it starts off with obviously, you know, it's going to be creepy and she has a stalker, whatever. But like I really thought they were going to focus a lot more on like the haunted aspect and more about like Gigi's murders and like it was somehow going to tie into you know, everything else, but then it ends with, like, her getting kidnapped, and it comes full circle with, like, Mark from the bar, and, you know, somehow, like, Zayn and Jay get in trouble, and, like, they meet this person who they obviously know, Um, and so it just ends on, like, this crazy cliffhanger, and that is my favorite type of book when I genuinely don't know what's going to happen next. Yeah, because Addie had, like, these um, dangers, like, coming at her, her from so many angles. Mm-hmm. Like, whenever she took Archie home and then got tied up with, like, that, like, you know, crime lord 
like, I don't know, circle of people. She made enemies there, but then she also caught the attention of what's referred to as the society. Um, and so Mark was explaining, like, when Zayd was torturing him, like, look, she was already marked by the society, like, they want her. And it's like, whoa, what? <laughs> and it's like, who the fuck is that? So Zayd is like, I cannot fucking keep this woman safe. Like, this is... And so he's, like, nervous because he wants her to be okay. And so he, like, is teaching her self-defense lessons and all this stuff. Zayd, as, like, much of a danger as he presents himself to be towards Adeline is actually protecting her from like genuinely wants her to be safe. <laughs> yeah. He's protecting her from the people who actually want to harm her. And so that's like something that we start to see by the end. He just likes scaring her. <laughs> yes. He likes scaring her. He because likes he knows that there's a reaction associated pain. with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but that leads us into the things that we disliked, which of course there's a couple. <laughs> bruh. I cannot get over the gun. It is so upsetting. And even on my second read through, I was like, this is just like, no wonder this had me so freaked out the first time I was reading. Cause it's like the first time. It was like a loaded gun too. Yeah. And it's the first time they do anything physical. That is literally how we get introduced to it. And I was like, if this is what the book is going to be like, I can't do it. When he, when she's, like, defying him and stuff, like, gun shoved up inside her and he cocks it. Yeah. I audibly, like, gasped. Yeah. Are we Because I really did. Yeah. I mean, he didn't, like, he just pulled it out of the back of his pants. Like, he didn't. But maybe he just brought an unloaded gun to mess with her. I highly doubt it. (laughs) I just don't know. Because it's like, why would you take that fucking risk? Because he's a psychopath. Oh, my God. It's just so scary. Maybe the safety was on. I don't know. Maybe, but I would hope the safety was on. There's nothing about that that is attractive to me. Like, that whole scene was a turnoff, like, at that point. What a terrible way to go. Oh, I know. And Adeline even considers that. She's like, at least with a gun to my head, I know I would die instantly. But she was like, what is, like... I can't imagine. Like, this is going to just rip through my middle and, like, bleed out slowly. God, I was just, like, because leading up to that, it was, like, yeah, like, I'm into this. He's, like, chasing her around the house. She's trying to hide from him. I was, like, oh, this is, like, yeah. He's, like, a very safe stalker. And he even said, like, I would never let anything happen to her. Like, I'll show her, like, a safe way to have rough sex. And then. That ain't it, man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was, like, God, did he have, like, a. Uh, something happened that did you get dropped on your head as a baby like (laughs) yeah did you sustain a head injury as a child because that is you get off on like killing cats like oh don't fuck with cats have you watched that documentary yeah i truly believe that most serial killers did sustain head injuries and like practice some sort of like animal abuse it's a thing like there's um kind of like a a common like yes they'll either have like tortured animals or or other like children that are like younger than them or they will have like have a history of wetting the bed well into their childhood or like a head injury and of Mm -hmm. course like have their own abuse like a like inflicted upon them like some sort of traumatic childhood experience um so yeah 100 percent. they was this close to just being a serial killer 
Like, Which, you I mean, are it's one head injury shy of being a serial killer. Yeah, and technically he is a serial killer. And, like, your but, parents did love you. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He even says that, yeah, like, my parents, I, I had a good childhood. My parents loved me. They, they did die, home. tragically. Yeah, that's true. Like, maybe that affects it? I don't know. <laughs> I'm grasping Bro, for straws here. I'm trying to justify this for you, man, and, like, there is just nothing here to excuse that behavior. The only thing that, like, does allow me to excuse it is kind of like Dexter, how he's like, oh, he's like, only you killing are, other you predators. You are doing good in the world. Yeah. <laughs> but then it's like, is he, though? It's like, it's a whole debate. Anyway. So we've already talked about the society. It's It made my stomach hurt reading about it. Like, yeah. The actual, like, child murdering and, like, drinking the blood and, like, how they're like, yeah, for our main course, here's this five-year-old. Yep. Like, we're going to rape her and then we're going to eat her. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> like, it could oh not my be God. more horrifying, honestly. Like, I can't think of anything more horrifying than this, like, aspect of the book. Like, oh. the stalking is, like, whatever. Whatever. The society. <laughs> That's the real horror of this book. Like, oh my God. Um, I also, there was like one kink that I just can't really get behind. And like the gunplay, I don't really, I don't know. That may be a kink. I don't know. If you're into that, please be safe. But please, like, just make sure it's unloaded, I guess. Um, Or just use like a fake one. (laughs) I don't know. Or just don't do it. Like maybe seek psychological help. I'm not sure. And yeah, that's like actually potentially harmful to you. So there was, yeah, like you should, like there's gunpowder on that maybe. And it's like, that doesn't need to be up in your pooch. <laughs> like that's going to really throw that's off your bad. pH levels. Yeah, and... the pH balance. Oh, come on. Like think of yourself. Um, What I didn't like, it was in the theater room. Um, and so basically like Zade puts on like a scary movie for Adeline. Cause he's like, I already know like how, what, how this is going to end. But then he like starts this whole like daddy, like baby girl type talk. And I was like, Hey, listen, I hate that as it is, but like he's basically like let daddy take care of you and she's like are you my daddy and he's like yeah and you're my baby girl and it's like bro you literally murder child rapists and people who probably talk to actual children like that so i just think it's pretty fucked up that you would even like consider like talking like that yeah it's it's so like out of left field for him because yeah. like like at no point in time has he ever brought that up and and he never does again after that either yeah. i really really also hated that especially because of his like you know like what he does like he takes down child rapists they were literally and- in a child rapist house yeah like that was in poor taste <laughs> it really was so i agree um another thing that i just like I hate whenever books do this in general, and this book did it at least once. I didn't, like, keep track, but I did notice it at one point. Um, Referring to eyes as orbs. Multiple times. I don't like that. And so, like, at one point, she's like, I love the way his fiery orbs trace over my body. Her cinnamon orbs tracked me across... Yeah, it's just gross, and we don't need to do that. Also, his eyes weren't fiery. One was literally white, and one was black. (laughs) Yeah, I think it was fiery, like, that he was, like, heated, but, like, still. No. Okay, sure. Orbs. Just say eyes. 
You don't yeah. gotta be special. Um, I hated the reference um creamy multiple times, mm-hmm. and it was used in many different ways. Um, he talked about her creamy thighs. Yeah, don't know what that. Yeah. Um, and then he also referred to her as being creamy when she was wet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I somehow hated that even more. Yeah, I hated any way it was used to describe her, but I agree. Like, that should only be used to describe, like... Ice cream. Inanimate objects. Butter. <laughs> yes. Um, Not someone's vagina. <laughs> not someone's vagina. And not someone's skin, either. Like, that's just... Come on. Like, are you going to eat her, too? Like... Yeah. Yeah. Are you way? a cannibal who also has, like, this, like, pedophilic... Well, I'll say borderline pedophilic kink. Um... Anyway, so next we're going to just kind of talk about some of the devices used throughout the book. Um, So we already kind of talked about the parallels between Adeline Stalker and her great-grandmother. So those lined up for a while where it was like she was seeing him outside the window and she was excited but like scared. And then eventually like he came in and she was into it. So same thing was happening between her and her grandmother. Um, And then there are quite a few symbols throughout the book but just some of the more obvious ones the house itself parsons manor um Addie is like she feels comfortable in this house like even though it's haunted in fact like the ghosts there make her feel even more comfortable like the attic is like paranormal activities like base camp yeah and she's like oh gg <laughs> um but she just becomes obsessed with solving her great grandmother's murder and like it's Ends just up like them it's a place that like she feels like she can't leave like she just feels like she belongs there and she has a mission to like solve her grandmother's murder anyway so the diary itself it's it's kind of like a a link between her and her great-grandmother who she never got to meet in person um but it shows her how similar they really are and then it also kind of like is a reflection into her own mind because she was having those same thoughts of like, it's so wrong for me to be like excited by this, but like, I want him to come back. Like I want to see him again. Um, I really truly think though, if she hadn't thought Gigi was murdered by her stalker, she would have been way more open to the idea of Zade stalking her. <laughs> that's true. Cause she really did like it. She was like, because Gigi did too. Mm-hmm. And she's like, fuck yeah, like, let's do it. But then but she's then like, she oh, was shit, like, he might shit. be killed her. <laughs> oh, like, you got murdered, dog? Maybe I should be more careful. Um, And then the roses. So when Zayd would break in, he would leave her a rose. Um, is of course, a universal symbol of romance and love. But, some like, specific to Zayd is he does trim the thorns off, um, which kind of shows that as much as he is a psychopath, he doesn't want her to get hurt by things. Like, he wants her a little... Her he little wants to be the one to hurt her. Yeah, he's like, I need to be the one inflicting pain. Like, this rose cannot do it. But also, um, the rose does symbolize Zayd's love for his mother. Um, so Freud would have had an absolute field day with this one. <laughs> I do feel like there's a lot to unpack there. And maybe <laughs> that's something for a different day. Um, but then lastly, <laughs> I did want to talk about the House of Mirrors because I like this 
this scene and I like how symbolic it is because it is again the first time that Addie is fully consenting to have sex with Zaid um so she at in this house of mirrors they are surrounded by mirrors and he like forces her to watch everything that they're doing so he's like look in the mirrors and she's like watching but it's like she's like seeing a reflection of like her true desires and like that she's finally accepting like her like desire really hard with him (laughs) yeah um and the scene itself is just great because it's It's like okay well really good (laughs) i can finally get behind this because she's finally like yes i want to fuck this man and i'm like get it then queen like yeah absolutely consent we love it yeah (laughs) we've heard of her (laughs) we've heard of her has zayd i don't know (laughs) Um, the other device that we see quite a bit um, throughout this book is the use of kinks. And so I think each kink is kind of used like a different time too, just to kind of play more into like the control aspect of like what's happening at the time. So like when we see like the knife play, the gun play, the bondage, breath play, like all that is like Zayd trying to control like what Addie's doing and so she basically does not have a say in like what's going on and so usually you'll see more of like the BDSM type vibes whenever Zayd wants to be in control and is not going to take like no for an answer Mm -hmm. um and then with like the primal play the stalking all that like I feel like with the primal play like he does use that a lot at the beginning um but towards the end whenever He's, like, just telling her to run just for the fun of it because he wants to chase her. Like, that's both of them, like, kind of giving into their baser needs. Yeah, Um, and sometimes Addie will even instigate it, and she's the one that runs. She'll run, yeah. Yeah. And, like, because she knows that he'll, like, he'll chase her and he'll catch her, and she's into that. And I get it. That's cool. And then (laughs) with, like, the voyeurism, again, I think that's more of, like, a control thing. And so, like, them, you know, having sex in the Hall of Mirrors or, like, the movie theater, like, she likes the idea that somebody, like, could walk in at any point in time and it gives her like a sense of freedom because she's choosing to do that and so I just think it's really interesting how she used like the different kinks throughout the book yeah and a lot of those kinks are like I'm not gonna say all of them are common because some of them seem a little niche to me however a lot of them are more common kinks as well like BDSM and Mm -hmm. um That's always done in a very consensual way, typically, though. Like, there's a lot of ground rules when it comes to BDSM. And so I think that was almost like a bastardization of BDSM. I do agree, because it's more like that, like you're saying, like the dub con was kind of more the way it was leaning at the... yeah. Um, like at like, least with BDS and like they know like they're going to like fight it during it but yeah. it has all been predetermined prior to yes like people who are like fully like fully into it they even have like fucking contracts and shit yeah like, like they know like what's okay and what's not it's um, like you're saying like don't stop like at any given time um but like with them he's just like yeah no we're not going to so don't yeah. even try <laughs> yeah so it it is definitely not the same thing no. Um, but that's kind of what it's, like, inspired by, I guess you could yeah, say. Yeah, for sure. The thing that we started doing with these books last time is that we're going to do a little bit of a question section and discuss the book even further. And we want um, you guys to be very interactive with this as well. Um, so even though we are going to be answering our own questions, we also would love for you guys to, you know, submit your thoughts and feelings about these two. Yes, definitely. We want to hear your like opinions and how they might differ from ours. So email us at thesisterswarden at gmail.com. Question one, 
do you believe in ghosts? This is kind of a multi-part question. Do you believe in ghosts? Um, what role do the ghosts play in Adeline's life? And why do you think Adeline is so comfortable in the haunted house when her mom is clearly not? So first of all, yes, I do believe in ghosts. Same. Um, I have never personally had a supernatural experience. However. I do every day in this house. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. You think your house is haunted? I don't think it's haunted. I feel like haunted is a derogatory term, but I do think there is. <laughs> you think there's like some kind of presence there, though? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah. yeah, we named her, which I, d- I guess you're not supposed to do, but... Oh, <laughs> I can <laughs> um, see how that could potentially be dangerous. <laughs> like, yeah, you're, like, giving it power or whatever, but no, like, we have friendly ghosts. <laughs> huh. I've never lived anywhere where that's um, happened to me, mm. but I'm very, like, open-minded, and I love to go, like, places that are considered to like be Atchison to be haunted um yes so actually Atchison Kansas I don't know how many of you guys are familiar with that place I did live there for a couple years as a child um I, I I didn't have anything happen to me again personally but there are just so many local legends of like ghost stories there's there. a whole like, ghost tour that we've been on <laughs> oh yes yes like they do a little trolley tour it's very cool so yeah, you guys should visit. But yeah, like when um I went on vacation to Florida, we went to a local ghost tour there. Like mm-hmm. I love to learn about like the local like hauntings. Yeah. Um and also like potentially like be in a position where I might experience, you know, some kind of like interaction with like some sort of supernatural spirit, but I never have. Yeah, so, like, with ours, um, like I said, it's not been, like, anything scary. But, I mean, it's, like, kind of, like, weird, like, when I'm by myself and it happens. I'm just like, mm-hmm. ooh. Um, but, like, every now and then we'll hear, like, like a woman's voice just, like, kind of talking. Um, and then, like, it's, it's, like, really quiet. And then um, we used to have this piano in our basement. And, like, I could sometimes, like, hear it, like, playing in the middle of the night. Wow that honestly that's like it's like not the worst thing that can happen no that's kind of fun like that's kind of fun because it's like so harmless Mm -hmm. like you know i don't mind it yeah like you're just coexisting Mm -hmm. Um, that's so cool a friend's here (laughs) but yeah like i i honestly didn't know that so cool Mm -hmm. the second part of the question like what role do the ghosts play in adeline's life they definitely are like, like guiding protectors, her yeah yes yes because Gigi like whenever Zayd is like stalking her and stuff Gigi is like breathing down his neck and, and he's like oh shit get out of here <laughs> yeah he's like leave please and the ghost does but it's funny <laughs> because like he never leaves so like why is he like get out like, of who here are you to like boss him around <laughs> I know but like yeah Gigi is like her protector but also like guiding her to help like bring her murderer to justice and and kind of solve her mystery there they bring a comfort to adeline and they they guide her which i think it kind of answers that third question too why she's comfortable there and her mom's not i think adeline's experiencing like an ignorance is bliss type thing where like her mom knows like what happened with Gigi and who killed her and like what her grandma did and so yeah. like she's just have very negative connotations to the house um whereas Adeline is like 
like she's obsessed with Gigi. Like she had a great relationship with Nana. And so like she wants to have that connection with them. Yes. She's like actively like seeking more like yeah. connections. So yeah, that is a good, a good point. Um, question number two. Do you think that Zayd had a plan going into stalking Adeline? Like what could have his plan have been? I don't because he even says that he's never stalked anyone before. And <laughs> so he was like, well, this is new to me. Like, we're just going to keep fucking doing it till something happens, I guess. He's like, and like, kind of fun. what I always had a question about was like, when did he initially plan to like make contact with her? Because like his hand was kind of played whenever Arch came over and he was like, I guess I got to kill him now. Like, <laughs> yeah, because like I told her I would. And so do you feel like I wonder if he was going to like wait and like just continue kind of like making sure like she knew he was there because he also didn't make himself known until after that too. He'd start standing outside of her window after he killed Arch. Mm -hmm. And so she was like, oh, shit, he's like real. Um, But before that, he was just sending her like the roses and stuff. So I don't really know what his timeline was. And I don't think he did either because he's like, I am brand new to this, but I am going to make her mine somehow. He was just playing it by ear. He was like, you know, I'm just going to have to be reactive instead of proactive because I don't know how to stalk a woman. And honestly, Uh, Adeline is pretty unpredictable. So true. Yeah. (laughs) Which is great that he's not like a event stalker. I do think it's, like, just so fucking scary, though, that, like, he was literally just planning on, like, going home and getting a burger, like, after, like, killing all these people. And he just happened to stumble upon that bookstore with her in there. And he's just like, yep, this is about to define me for the rest of my life. Like, I'm about to make this my personality. And it's amazing because, like... If it had been, like, any other day and he walked into that bookstore, would he have had that reaction to her? Or, like, was it influenced by the, the like, traumatic thing that he just did? I don't know. The state he was in, you know? I um, think it's absolutely wild. It is. And that kind of leads us into our third question as well. Because, like, Zayd obviously is a hypocrite. Um, yeah. He even acknowledges it at some points. But, like... It's like, does he realize the irony of taking down predators while behaving like one? Like, I think he does because he, like, states it. But, like, is Zayd a self-aware psychopath? And, like, can that exist? Yes, he's self-aware. I really do think he's self-aware. And he even says, like, he makes his own rules basically and so, like, I think that's the biggest thing is that, like, psychopaths are, like, determined based off of, like, a group moral compass Mm -hmm. like so like they're defined more like by societal morals whereas like he has like fully established like his own code here and like I feel like he doesn't necessarily fall into like a psychopath like category but he is definitely a little unhinged yes because like I don't know like I'm not a psychologist or psychiatrist like I don't know how I'm to actually gonna look it up I'm not sure like someone. what a psychopath even means yeah like maybe let's get like an actual um psychopath so a psychopath is a person suffering from chronic mental disorder or abnormal or violent social behavior so it's an unstable and aggressive person informally which I don't think he's unstable yeah because like he is very specific in the people that he targets 
Um, and like he's not just murdering people for fun. Yeah, because he's not a serial killer in the sense that he is targeting victims um, out of convenience or some sort of power imbalance, but he's targeting people who he perceives as wrongdoers. <laughs> And like with a sociopath, it doesn't really fall into that either because antisocial personality disorder, sometimes called sociopathy, is a mental disorder in which a person consistently shows no regard for right and wrong and ignores the rights and feelings of others. So he does ignore the feelings of others, but only when it comes to Adeline. And that's like a different thing. I think that's a control thing. But at the same time, because like, he when he does ignore in, rights and wrongs <laughs> yes he, well he does and it, when he broke into her house and like went down on her like he said he would and she was like into it while it was going on but then immediately he could tell she felt ashamed and like her the look on her face changed because he was like i was ready to risk it all i was ready to fuck her but the look on her face changed my mind so it's mm-hmm. like he has some sort of Moral compass for her feelings, but obviously it is not. It's he is not sensitive. He is not a sensitive so, person. These are the signs of a sociopath: um, lack of empathy for others, impulsive behavior, attempting to control others with threats or aggression, using intelligence, charm, or charisma to manipulate others. Maybe Adeline's a sociopath. Um, a not learning from mistakes or punishment lying for personal gain and showing a tendency to physical violence and fights. Okay. So he does have, he does exhibit some of those behaviors, mm-hmm. but so I think Adeline though, he does have empathy. Yeah. Adeline exhibits less than he does though. I would say he, he does. He knows what empathy is. That's why he's saving those girls. So. Yeah, exactly. I think yeah. he just has tendencies. He does have sociopathic tendencies. I do think that he acknowledges it fully. He's like, I am the way I am. And I wanted you to see me like at my worst so that you would know who I was. And like, that was just like, a okay. bold strategy. It is, but I guess it kind of worked for him. It did work. <laughs> yeah. Which we're not condoning trying that in real life. Um, don't do that. This is a story. This is a story. Please don't stalk people. Please don't stalk people. And please... If if you are like in a position where you are about to be physical with them and they are saying I do not want to do this, then they are they not probably lying to you. don't want to do it. <laughs> They're not lying to you unless you've exclusively discussed beforehand and like come up with a safe word and all sorts of stuff. It reminds me of the Maid series, um, but we're gonna talk about the book, so we can't really <laughs> talk about it now. But with like Mila, yes, one hundred percent. Yes. And yeah. so, yeah, we, we'll discuss. We'll come up again. We'll circle <laughs> back. Um, So we've kind of already answered this one a little bit, I think. But um, do you think Gigi's diary entries contributed to viewing, uh, contributed to Adeline viewing her own stalker in a romantic light? Yes. So like, yes. But also no. Yeah, I think yes and no, because Gigi's stalker, then she was like, well, what if he killed her? Shit. But then she's like, I know Zayd won't hurt me. So I don't know. I think it made her more receptive to it, but it also like, that's also what made her very hesitant because she was like, he's going to murder me just like Ronaldo did Gigi, even mm-hmm. though Zayd said multiple times that he wouldn't. But also it's like, I would also probably say that if 
I was going to kill some. I don't know. Yeah. Like, it's not like a killer has to, like, legally tell you if they're going to kill you. <laughs> Just say psych right now. <laughs> um. Yeah. So. Yes, I do. And no. <laughs> the next question. Do you think companies like Z exist in real life? And if they do, do you think that they make a major impact on sex trafficking? Um, not to the extent of Z. I do feel like, okay, so, like, it kind of gives me, like, Ravenhood vibes, but, like, instead mm-hmm. of, se- like, instead of it being, like, taking down corporations, it's, like, sex trafficking. Mm-hmm. So, I'm sure there are corporations like that out there. Unfortunately, I think with, like, the sex trade, um, there's just way too many people to keep track of. Yeah. And it's, like, there's way too many people in higher positions to keep track of. And, like, I definitely do think there's the technology to do so. Um, I think a big flaw that people make, though, is that they go public with it instead of keeping it on the DL like Z does. It's, like, Ashton Kutcher has, like, a whole corporation that focuses on um sex trafficking and like um skin trade but with him being such a high profile celebrity like obviously people are going to take like extra measures to make sure they stay off the radar and so i think there's almost a benefit to having like an underground corporation like that because people don't know anything about it and i don't think that exists yeah because people like they didn't even know what zayd looked like like they didn't have a face to put to a name. Um, So I agree. It's like, yeah, that anonymity would give you a major like advantage advantage, and like you'd be able to infiltrate these types of things a lot more easily. For sure. Um, But yeah, Um, I do appreciate celebrities though, at least like using their platform because like, sure. Yeah. they They can't like do things like Z does, but they can make a difference. I do think that if a, like a corporation like that exists or an organization organ organization organization is the word i'm looking for um i do think if something like that existed yeah it would make a huge impact on yeah (laughs) sex trafficking but it's just also such a freaking huge problem and obviously like Things, like, we didn't even know about. Because, like, if Jeffrey Epstein hadn't slipped up just once and had been arrested for something that wasn't really even, like, fully tied to the full extent of what he was doing, like, nobody would have known. Yeah. And he would have just, yeah, everyone would have And people would have just continued doing it. And, like, I'm sure that the people who did not get, like, legally punished for that have found another way and are still doing it. Which is how the society is. Like, they just up and move. Like, it's a constantly, like, moving organization. And it's so, so freaking disturbing to me. And it's, like, it brings up kind of, like, a conversation, like, were these people like this? Or is it, like, the money and the power that, like... I think it's a power trip for them. Yeah. It's, like, such a, like, psychological, like, a psychologically interesting thing. Like, what what is wrong with these people and how do we fix it? Well, and I'm a fucking, like, secret society hoe. Like, I think, like, there are... So probably so many fucking different things like that we don't even begin to know about that probably do really sketchy stuff like that like yeah like do you remember when people were like super into like exposing like the illuminati and everything mm-hmm. like i really do feel like that's a huge cover for like a lot of smaller things happening and um, that people get away with like yeah definitely 
Because like, if you have the means, like, why wouldn't you do whatever you want to do? Right. Like, regardless of, of other people getting hurt. Um, it's wild. It really is. Um, um, last question I had, which you've already read the second book, so mm-hmm. you already know what happens, but, um, is Max actually involved in the sex trade? And that's who Jay and Zayd see at the end of the book, um, which plays into Adeline being ki- uh, kidnapped at the end as well. Cause like, you know how, um, like at the end, Jay was like, it's you. Yeah. Like. And, and Max then this whole time after, was like after Adeline and Daya and was like trying to right. target them. Well, and we don't really know a lot about Max either because like he was like the really weird like um like Russian looking dude, right? Mm-hmm. Um we don't know a ton about him. And then at the very end, like whenever Adeline's kidnapped, they were like, Hey, like let Max know that we have her. And so it's like, oh, I wonder if that like ties in with each other or if it's like mm-hmm. two separate things. Yeah, like I totally uh, like obviously I know what does happen, but um I can't wait to talk more about that like next week or not next week, the week after whenever mm-hmm. we cover hunting, hunting Adeline. Hunting Adeline. I always get the titles messed up. Um but yeah, that's a really really great like topic of discussion is Max's involvement. Um I'm very interested to see how this plays out. Yeah, I wish I could theorize more with you. Too bad I've already. I know that's kind of a hard question for you. (laughs) Yeah, Um, but that kind of wraps up like the the discussion questions that we had for this particular book. Um, Next week we will be covering um, more scary stories to tell in the dark. So get ready to be terrified. Yes, Um, and then after that. We'll be covering, like we said, the second book in the Cat and Mouse duet, Hunting Adeline. And then we're going to wrap up the month with Goosebumps. Yeah, I'm so excited for Halloween. It's my favorite time of the year. Um, So definitely stay, stay tuned for those. Join us for all of those discussions. And as always, let's get lit.